Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. there. Hello, Going There Girlies. We're back again. Back for episode three, three of our series. I think I should say like mini series. Do you remember? Mini series. When we did Fruit of the Spirit, whoa. It was the never ending series. By the end of those fruits, I was like, <laughs> done. I was like, give me some veggies. <laughs> of the fruit, not Sorry, plural. the fruit. Yeah. Thank we, you. Did you learn fruits. anything in the series? Well, I'm saying like I was trying to make like an actual fruit reference, not like the fruit of the spirit, but. The fruit of the spirit. Yeah, yes, the, mini series. But halfway through, yeah, starting today. So if you guys have not tuned into other episodes, or maybe you're just coming in or listening to this one, this is a part of our mini series. You asked, we're answering. We kind of feel silly because obviously we Hi. love to answer your questions. But we feel it's silly. Like, well, we've already talked about this. Like we feel like Dr. Phil, like oh, you yeah, asked, yeah. we're answering, yeah. or like Oprah, or like I don't know, some psychologist. Mm-hmm. But we got to do the survey. We took a bunch of y'all's just information, things that you wanted us to talk about, and this was one of the most asked questions to talk about what we're covering today is body image, eating disorders, thought life in, how we view ourselves physically. So we want to tackle all that today. In most of these episodes, we have dabbled in other episodes, but we, Christian and I, have done a lot more research to look at, okay, we're asking these questions over and over Obviously, things take a while to seep in. We see things from different perspectives. We've had a lady that specializes in eating disorders on, and she kind of talked through that, her experience, and then she's like a health and wellness coach. And then we had Hannah, our friend Hannah, who's a local girly, shout out, who is an amazing dietitian and has three girls and just was so great with the practical knowledge of like, here's how we can steward our bodies well and our health and also be a positive influence to the people around us. But we still feel like we get this question a lot. And honestly, it's just what happens when you have a subject on the mind. I feel like I've been getting a lot of content thrown my way lately that I'm just like, oh, that stands out to me because we're going to be talking about that. But it's been really good for me to dive into this because I kind of feel like we're coming to a head in our culture where it's like the worst it's ever been. Again, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I think it's obviously because we're looking into it. But I feel like not just talking about the side of eating disorders and body dysmorphia and health and wellness culture, but also physically our appearance and aging. It is coming to such a head lately, I think, because I'm hoping, and I'm going to talk more about this later in the episode, that this will swing a little bit back the other way. So, mm-hmm. Well, I think in our culture today, we've talked about this before in the episode, and I always come back to it actually just being a female in this world, that if you study, back in the day I studied Ruth, and if you learn anything about her life, it is most known or thought that in her life, she probably only met, physically saw a hundred other women. Obviously, travel was not a thing. They walked everywhere. That in her life, where she lived, that she probably only ever saw 100 women. And I think when we talk about this subject, we have to recognize that our world looks really different now that we are able to get on. And within one minute, I'm able to see more than 100 women and what they look like, what they're eating, what they're doing for a workout, what they're consuming. And that is going to influence my life. I think also going into this conversation, we have to recognize we are all influenced that we can't deny that we can't be naive to that when I was like researching, like kind of thinking through this conversation, a lot of it went back to my thought life of in this conversation of body image, how I think about myself, how I obsess over it. 
where is my mind going and how often am I consumed? In every one of these conversations, we want to talk through kind of like the worldview of how the world views this topic. But then we want to go to the Bible and say, what does the Bible say? And then how do we live that out? And I think in the world, we see two different extremes. We see one extreme of people just being totally obsessed that our lives, our world, our money, our time is consumed with making our body and our image the best it can be. And then I think the other extreme of the worldview is doesn't matter at all. I'm going to be super gluttonous. I'm going to divulge in all the things. I don't need to take care of my body. So you kind of see two different extremes. So you kind of have to assess like where you're at on that. Although I will say about that extreme, I think at this point we all know that like the extreme of like being gluttonous, living in a way that is just honestly like disrespectful to our own bodies, a sin, it's sinful against God. It's like, it's not honoring the bodies God has given us. It's not using like self-restraint a lot of times, or maybe that, you know, there's so many things that go into play about your overall health and wellness that isn't always just like a, oh my gosh, that person Overconsumes. It could also be some health issues, whatever. I think at this point, it has swung so far the other way that, like, that to me is like, well, obviously everyone knows that that's wrong. I mean, maybe there was a part Americans, I think, in our culture can get poked fun of, of just the like supersizing everything and just the obesity problem that I think in the early 2000s was really, and maybe, I don't know, we need to like a cultural analyst to come in and say, in the 2000s, it was so extreme with the obesity rates and you had like the glorification of overconsumption to where now maybe it's like, way far the other way where it's like there's literally a shot you can take when we're talking about like Ozempic or other compounds similar and everything is fillers and anti-aging and just all these advancements that are happening at once. And so to me, it's like I personally am going to focus more on the other side of what is damaging to us because the thing is you can think that this isn't an issue for you, but I would want to challenge you to think through like, how often are you thinking about, okay, well, I ate this for breakfast, so I'm going to like pull back at lunch or, and I I want to say this too, having our friend Hannah on, or I'm a person that likes to fuel my body with whole foods. We can say that that is separate from what we're talking about today. Like we are in support of taking care of your body, exercising for your mental health. That isn't an issue. Like we want to promote that. But for the questions we're being asked today, it's not people being like, hey, how can I eat a well-balanced diet? Eat a well-balanced diet. How can I mm-hmm. like make be myself more active act- in be- my life? No, these are girls that are writing into us saying, I think about this every five seconds in my day, how I look, what I'm consuming. I'm obsessed with it. I battled eating disorders. I battled depression. I can't stop thinking about how I just want to go get more filler. And so that's kind of what we're addressing today. I just wanted to distinguish that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've covered our thought life in a lot of different episodes. And when I think through that, personally, I have to assess my own life of my obsessive thinking, my obsessive spending of my time and my money and my obsessive like conversations and habits. The one that probably sticks out the most there is conversations because I think about the number of times I'm speaking with other people, speaking with close friends. Obviously, you and I, we love a good product. We love whatever, experimenting, buying something new, seeing how it worked. Even when it comes to like good things, again, all of this, we're covering these topics because a lot of these are good things. It's good to take care of our bodies. But how much is my conversation consumed with the topic of, I want to feel the best, look the best, be the best. There can't be an ounce of me that's showing that maybe I'm not doing well, or I want to prevent wrinkles. How often am I thinking about that? I want to 
make sure I don't have to like size up in my pants. How much am I thinking about what I'm eating? I mean, it's a lot. Or how much like if you don't love your outfit that day, it's constantly like, oh, I hate how I look. Oh, I feel fat. Trigger word fat. Like literally that word. It's like so outdated almost now saying like, I mean, it is a word, but it's like, I don't even want my daughter to know what it is like to be like, that person is fat. Well, and it it sounds pathetic, but even as, I mean, I said it this morning, we were chatting. I am growing a human inside my body right now. And the amount of times that I have thought through, I've never been pregnant in the season, so I'm having to buy new clothes or like borrow things. And it is honestly shocking. And I feel like a little disturbed about how often I am like, I'm just not feeling good today because I hate my outfit. I mean, genuinely, that's me. And I think, again, we have to recognize like part of that is okay. Part of it is okay to put on an outfit and be and like, feel I good feel about good about yourself. Like, yeah. I feel confident. I feel like this just makes me feel good. But I think then part of it, you have to recognize like, what is the unhealthy part what is that sin? I am? Yeah, that I'm over obsessing that like, I'm just so mad because none of my clothes fit and I don't feel good about myself. Yeah. I mean, you said it right there. And I think I was joking with you right as we were putting our headphones on. I was like, I'm going to kind of come in hard on this because I've done the same thing. I've reflected. And I wanted to be honest, like my husband and I were talking about this last night. This is not an area that I have struggled in a ton growing up. I think a lot of my middle school into high school, like I was recovering from like going through chemo for a lot of years. So I was just always like, skin and bones, it was almost like pushed on me to eat kind of whatever I wanted. And I, this is going to sound weird, like I could eat whatever I wanted. Now, as I've gotten older and my hormones have changed, I've definitely struggled with like, oh, you just literally can't eat whatever you want and expect to look that way. And the expectation that we would look whatever way like is unrealistic too, because let's face it, as we age, just like our face and our wrinkles and things change, like so do our bodies and that's natural and normal. But again, society has taught us that it doesn't have to, that you can still have the body of like a 20 year old when you're 52 or you know what I mean? Like we kind of have to adjust that too. Like what is culture telling us versus what is like realistic for a human body and how God designed it. But as I was researching more and I was like reading some other articles like people have written on Christians and body image, I think something we fail to admit often is that the way that we have incorrect views about body image or ourselves is sin. Like we're really quick to point out, hey, when I gossip too much or when I'm negative about this person or when I speak unkindly to my husband, that's sinful and let's talk about that. But we sit here and act like us obsessing over our bodies is not sinful. And there's like four or five different ways it plays out in sin. It's idolization. Like we're putting ourselves higher than we're putting the view that God has us. Like you were talking about with our thought life, we're spending so much time when God calls us to put ourselves, what does he say in scripture? I don't know the reference. It's like, set your mind to the heavenly things things and not of earth. It's like, we're actually being sinful when we're consuming ourselves. There's other things of like giving into cultural pressure when he's like, hey, I don't care what the world says to do. I'm asking you to follow me and that's what you should set your eyes on. Or just in the way that we, yeah, then like judge other people when they don't align. So I just was really hit in the face with like, this is sin. And we do have to be sensitive because of people struggling mentally with eating disorders and other issues like I want to be really sensitive to that. And maybe because we have to be sensitive to that, we're really leery to call it out what it is that like struggling with bad body image is sinful and we have to, as women, like fight against it. 
Well, and I think you bring up a good point because even in friendships, we talk a lot about accountability, challenging each other in friendships, taking these conversations to your local communities and like your friendships personally. And I think it is an area where I hope I think I've grown in this ability, but like to ask for forgiveness when I have sinned with my friends or with my husband that I'm like, hey, I want to apologize for the words that I spoke that wasn't kind. Or again, I feel like that's a practice, but God has given me just the ability and wisdom to grow in that over time. And I do think you bring up a good point. It's an area that I don't often recognize that's actually damaging. I mean, the definition of sin is anything that pulls our hearts and minds away from glorifying God and following his commands. And that is one of the areas that he created us. He has created us perfectly. He calls us good. And we go against that all the time. We actually dismiss what God, the creator of the universe, is saying about us often. I think it brings up a good point that one time we were talking with someone on an interview and it has kind of like rocked my world because she talked about this cultural, I mean, you brought up a lot of good points there, but because just kind of the cultural tension that we feel in, yeah, God's not asking us to follow culture. He's actually asking us to follow him. And how often we are kind of just asking her kind of off the whim, hey, like what's something that you're most nervous about? Or we are asking like, what's the best thing that you see kind of happening in our culture and in our age group right now? And then what's one of the harder things? And her harder thing actually kind of like, I think stunned both Samantha and I, because she essentially said, I see a culture who's obsessed with not aging, who's obsessed with the idea of not showing age anywhere on their body, their face, even their mind that we are weary of ever showing that like we are getting older. When then you look at the Bible and we actually see tons and tons of examples of wisdom, age, wrinkles, gray hair being actually like a sign of honor, respect. Yes, greatness, yeah. honor, respect. And so it took me to there are several verses in the Bible of the first one that I think that just like came straight to mind of like 1 Samuel 16, 7. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so right there, it reminded me of our Fruit of the Spirit series that ultimately we are people who are called to not physical characteristics, but personal like heart and mind characteristics that God is calling us to a greater vision and casting of, hey, I want you to be people of goodness and kindness and love and peace. I don't need you to be pretty. He could have picked other fruit. He could have picked other things that he wanted us to be great in. I don't need your forehead to be frozen. No, but he didn't say those things. <laughs> or your lips and I to think be we plumped. have to really, I think we have to put yeah. that up against ourselves mm-hmm. of how concerned am I in being pretty and beautiful and wrinkle-free versus patient and kind and good and having great self-control. Yeah. That's hard. It's so hard. And I, again, I'm going to throw this out. Like we love fashion. I love makeup. It's a hobby. I've shared that before. I love skincare. But like you're saying, that is always going to have to be in check with how much I'm setting my things or my thoughts on those things versus godly things. And so where I want to jump in and talk about culture too is something I've been realizing is just how easily, it's like, duh, when I say this, but especially with trends, I think we're easily able to look at like, we all just follow fashion trends for whatever's in style, for sure. But we also follow all these cosmetic trends too. So think back to the early 2000s. 
eyebrows, the trend used to be like pencil thin eyebrows. Okay. And now it's big fluffy. People are getting microbladed. I mean, I heard that's going out of trend though. You know, like it's all changing. Changes so quickly. But we're so quick to literally go and spend hundreds of dollars to change our faces to fit what society says. And two things I wanted to say. So like filler, Botox, all of that. I mean, I think Botox has been around for a while and that's one category. And then you have like the filler category too that actually changes like what your face structure looks like. I want to shout out to our friend Emily McHenry. Well, she's not really a friend. I don't know her super personally, but she's on staff at our church and she posted something last night. Did you see what I reposted? Yes, I did see that. It was so weird because we were going to talk about this today. And it's this pretty well-known actress who posted this long thing on Instagram how she had been in Europe all summer. And she lives in LA. She's based in LA. And how just we become so accustomed to seeing these like filler faces like you get on Instagram and you see this glass looking face with the pouty lips and the like raised eyebrows from Botox and filler and all these different things you can do now that I want to be the first to say I'm not telling you to either do it or don't or it's right or it's wrong Christian and I can honestly say we have never done anything cosmetically like that at this point. I don't want to even get on here and say that I never will because I don't know as I process through things. What I'm saying now is that like we're so easily taken to like, oh, that's what looks good. That's what's in trend. So I'm going to go get my lips filled or I'm going to do cheek filler or whatever. That's literally a trend. That's just like what people are saying looks good. She said she went to Europe and found it so refreshing to look around at these like I'm picturing like a Aged chic women. Parisian woman, you know, probably with a fun lipstick on and like who have a sweater wrinkles. around her shoulders and little like, yeah. Who can be beautiful and confident in what they look like as a 50 or 60 or dare we say 30 year old now at this point, year old woman, 40 year old woman. It's like it is natural to start aging. It is natural that as I looked at a photo of myself last week and I'm seeing myself smiling so genuinely with my daughter that I have wrinkles around my eyes and on my forehead, like this is natural. And again, I'm sitting here admitting I love a good retinol. I love a serum or whatever, but we have to hold all of these things in balance with like, wow, it has gone so far, but we almost just don't realize it because we're just going through the motions. We don't wake up and say, Everyone around me looks like little plastic Barbie dolls. And maybe that's not the way that we're supposed to look. Or maybe that trend's going to change in a few years. And we're going to look back at pictures and be like, whew, we did a lot to our faces. And not even mentioning like as we look around what we're seeing and what we're feeling. But even as we just like look at ourselves in the mirror and what am I pleased with? What am I not pleased with? What do I wish? I mean, if I'm being honest, what do I idolize that I wish I had the money to do? What do I wish I could spend the time doing? What do I wish I could spend the money on? That I think we have to be people who put, again, totally fine if you want to go buy that new serum. Like we're sitting here saying like, no, we enjoy that. We like that. But we have to be people who are constantly taking recon of, is that how you're calling me to spend my thought? life, God, is that how you're calling me to spend my time? Is that how you're calling me to showcase to my children how I see or view myself? I mean, again, as someone who like, I want to be really honest here that in the past, I have struggled with eating disorders. I have really struggled with this. I have come to a really different place in that now. But I have to take recon of this often because even again, I mean, I am so thankful I am able to grow a baby in my body right now. But even as I sit there, then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm already like 
petrified of what my saggy boobs are going to look like mm-hmm. post breastfeeding this saggy baby. Boobs on yeah, this I just podcast? said saggy <laughs> boobs on the Going There podcast. But I'm like, I'm already kind of sad about that. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I sad about that? Mm-hmm. Like, it is so dumb. Yeah. I have to be honest about that. And you have to find people who you can share honestly about. But I think then we're calling each other into, we have to then be people who also call each other out in that and say, hey, I've noticed that you've really been talking about this a lot. Or I noticed that you've been bringing that up a lot. And I think that's a challenge even to you and I, that I think then sometimes that person has to say, oh, like, thanks for bringing that up. I don't really think I'm struggling with that right now. I'm just like excited about the new products I've been using or trying, or I'm really interested in finding a new supplement that will help me in that way. And so I've been spending time with it, but checking in to say like, what's that looked like in loving your family well? Right. What's that looked like in your time with scripture? What does that look like? Stewarding your finances. Yeah, yeah. Stewarding your finances. Like, I think it is valid to ask other questions when you're also digging into those areas. No, that is so good. I mean, it's just perspective shift too. Like the things you struggle with and I don't, I've never taken it this way, but like when I have friends who will complain about their growing pregnancy bodies or I'm like, dude, you're telling your friend to cannot have biological children. Like I would take boobs down to my ankles if that meant I could experience that breastfeeding experience. Or it's just like, sometimes you have to step out of your situation and realize like, oh, there's a reason God designed my body to work like this in pregnancy. And that's a gift. And I should be grateful. I'm not saying that's reality because we all struggle. That's where sin comes in. Like it's sin that we are pulled to think of these earthly things, but that's what God's telling us. Like set your minds above so that as your brain and your mind are being pulled to these earthly things, you have truth to kind of come back and cling to. And so it's so important. It's in everything we do. And right now we're kind of focusing on like our physical bodies, but it's the people too that are like overly obsessed with certain workout classes or just so critical, hypercritical about any little food you put into your body. I feel like I have one person in my life that like idolizes sleep almost to an extreme of just like, if I don't get this many hours of sleep, then my eye will feel off and my day won't function perfectly. And so I think some of the reasons like I wrote down these three things as like where the root of the sin is, it's control a lot of times. Like I know I've struggled with this and I have friends who have really struggled with eating and stuff that a lot of times an eating disorder or just a disordered view of health and wellness in general can come from a root of like, well, that's something I can control when a lot of other things in my life I can't control. And so that's like a really big flag in my life of like, well, God wants to have that control. Like we're not looking to him to lead. It could also be just this, like what we kind of mentioned, this worldly desire to fit in. Or we've also mentioned this idolization of we idolize certain things that are not putting our hope and our idolization into Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, I just want to close as we kind of wrap up with 1 Peter 3, 3 through 4. It says, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. And so again, I think if we are calling ourselves Christ followers, we have to be willing and able to say, hey, these are desires of my heart and I am a faulty, sinful human. So what does the Bible say? What does God say where my worth comes from? where my hope and desires should be? And what does he call good? What does he call desirable? What does he call a vision that was worth chasing? And make sure our desires are in alignment with that vision that he has painted for us. Yeah. The last thing I want to say, sometimes we have these conversations or people are listening to this and they're like, well, I know all that. Like I know it's unhealthy to view my body X, Y, and Z or whatever. 
how do I do anything about that? And I think sometimes the easiest answer that's actually really hard is sit in it and ask God to help you with it. Because there's no like easy formula for how to retrain our brains to work. The reality is we were raised by women who were inundated with weird information. We get on social media, we see weird stuff. It's constantly in our face. And so I think sometimes I just have to like go on a walk and say, God, I know I'm thinking wrongly about this. Will you help retrain my heart and my brain to look at myself the way that you look at me? Like sometimes it's just as simple as asking God that, but that's actually really hard to do. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm like, easier said than done. And I was just talking with someone in a Bible study this week that isn't it always like the best and the worst to figure out ways that you are sinning in your heart and mind? That it's it's always like the worst, obviously, because we don't want to be broken people. But I also am always like so freed up when I recognize a sinful pattern in my thought or heart or mind that I can say like, God, thank you so much for revealing that to me. Now help me because I cannot do this on my own. That we live in a world that is just like, utterly consumed with this. So like, we're not going to be able to do it on our own. And I think what freedom we have in being able to call on a God that can help us in that. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.